if it's okay. There we go. All right, welcome to Learn Early Lens Podcast. It took a second to Low start recording. Energy, uh, Weird. I uh, I had to burn all my energy this weekend uh, watching uh, TSM play. Um, took a lot. Be, be, hang on, before we before, before we talk about LCS, I want to touch on EU real quick. I don't want to talk about it in detail at all, but. Both this is fin- where I check out Both Fnatic <laughs> and G2 lost series this weekend, and Fnatic got eliminated. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. What other te- teams even are there in the region? Uh, There's Schalke, Mad Lions, and Rogue. Schalke knocked out Fnatic. Uh, they then went to lose to Rogue and get knocked out. Uh, and G2 got put down into losers by uh, Mad Lions. And it did not look good for G2. I watched that series, and I was just standing there with my jaw on the floor like, damn, Perks was so much more valuable to this team than I initially thought. Yeah, he's the one who keeps their mental going. It's very important. <laughs> their mental, as, as it were. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Anyhow. I I I I don't know. I just I, I was watching those series and I was having a great time watching EU just lo- lose their old guard dying in front of them. It's like it's. <laughs> I feel like it's the that South Park thing where it's like stop stop they're already dead. But oh my god, it's so it's so mean. I I hey, hope I'll- I hope that G two loses. I'm looking forward to it. Also, turns out you teach Broken Blade some uh, fundamentals about how to actually play uh, his lane. In he top good, lane. He he's good. good. Wait, 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 wait. He was really good on TSM. He was the best part of that team. Yeah, but... He's not on TSM anymore? No, no. I'm fucking... No, 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 no. <laughs> what if I actually didn't know? I'd be, yeah, I'd be obscenely shocked considering we've been talking about Hooney on TSM for the last four months. That would be very funny, though, if I mm. literally just didn't realize... <laughs> Wait a minute, he's gone. I thought we were talking about SKT, dude. Fuck. <laughs> Bro, that was five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm six SKT? years behind. Bro. When he was I'm on sleeping. XKT in 2015. SKT, not XKT. Wait, was it? Oh, wait, no, it was 2017. Shit, that was four years ago. Still cringe. Mm. That I'm four years behind. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. weekend for North America. Let's get let's talk about uh, the results from this weekend. Now, uh, I am sad to say that Dion could not join us this evening, but I, for one, think it's his fear for getting his predictions wrong. He was this close to the to the perfect prediction, but he had to call a hundred these over TSM. Ah, mm. oh, that's that's a sad one there, Dion. It's a sad one. Yeah. Uh, now, now, Haymont, you got them both right, but uh, just barely. Little, just, just barely. A little bit off. That's all. Uh, me and Matt traded on uh, our perfect calls. Uh, he got TSM and I got C9. Uh, we we had uh, our faith misplaced a little bit. We should have believed in ourselves a little a little more. Believed in our boys. Both three ones, huh? Yeah. No, I called a three-two for C9. No, no, no. I but called the a three-one act- for TSM. Right. But the actual series result. Oh, blue is the most correct. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't. That's not intuitive at all. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think mind. the other way would be any more intuitive, to be honest. 
Yeah, dude. Green is the most correct you can be, dude. Very I mean, weird. The, the green is just the different one for the different thing. But You're just green. I, di actually. I digress. You're actually green. You're actually green. I digress. Let's jump right into talking about uh, C9 versus Team Liquid and why the goddamn... Mm, why are they picking Ari? I am tired of this stupid-ass Ari pick. It's so useless. Jensen likes it. The <laughs> Jat likes it. Just, I don't know. TL like it. Somebody <laughs> likes it. Okay. Yeah. Or none of them like it, but they all think the other person does and are trying to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I... JJ is just sitting there like, not this shit again. <laughs> uh, I know that Ari is like uh, virtually useless, like all the time. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of burst. She doesn't have a lot of CC. She doesn't have a lot of, uh, well, okay. The one she, she does have a good bit of is mobility. But guess what? When you don't have a lot of damage or CC, your mobility ain't worth shit. This post made by Udyr Gang. <laughs> Weird. Uh, it just, I don't, I don't know what they were doing. Uh, Cloud9 are really into these combo picks with Nidalee. They, they picked, mm -hmm. uh, they pick an aggro mid laner and, and Renekton and then combo with Nidalee a lot. Like, I think they got Silas or Lucian every game mid lane. Uh, oh no, they got Rise in game three, but, uh, that was actually pretty decent for them. I'm not going to lie. Uh, in game one, though, they, they give over Hecram, Seraphine, and Urgot, and they pick up Renekton, Nidalee, and Silas. Uh, I think this is entirely, like, on Team Liquid's awful, awful bands. They banned out Tristana... Lucian and Kaisa. So they banned out three AD carries and two mid laners. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they don't pick up an AD carrier or mid laner in their first rotation. Okay. They picked up Seraphine. I don't I don't know why you blind pick Seraphine here. Um for fun. Only way you think about it is that, hey, we're going to make it a late game, and this is the pick that's going to help us just survive in there. But Silas has been a common counter pick to Seraphine, like, mm -hmm. all the time. And his landing against her is fine. His mid game in general is pretty good. And he mm -hmm. already has a Hecromult and a Seraphine ult, like, in the first two fucking picks. Mm -hmm. I I'm just salivating with those two alone. And then mm -hmm. they follow up with a fucking uh, Urgot ult on top of that. Oh my god, I am loving my life as a Silas player right now. Every mm -hmm. team fight, I just rip that fucking uh, uh, Seraphine ult, and it's just a free fight. It's like, haha, we both ult each other. <laughs> just, yeah. Mine does three times more damage. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it's so disrespectful to, to play like this. And... I, I like they they do this every fucking draft. They they just they they, they go Hecram Seraphine. They do it again in game two, and and, and I I'm like why Th these champions should not have this much prio right now. You've already chucked into what appears to be C9's ideal mid game stomp comp. Mm. Like like I don't get it. It 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 took them 33 minutes to end this game, and I think this is one of the longer games this series. 
but like their mid game is crazy compared to to uh, Team Liquid's. Team Liquid's running fucking Ari. Ari's mid game is like awful. Her entire okay, everything about Ari's lane uh, gameplay is awful. Her scaling is awful. Her early game is really really meh. Her mid game is really really meh. If you're not ahead by a billion gold, you're 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 worthless. Mm -hmm. It's very much a win harder champion. It, well, it, it's not a win harder champion. It's just that, like, she's a really low range pick champ that requires another champion to be there to get the kill. The mm -hmm. only champions that she can kill are very squishy. So, AD carries, enchanters, and mages. Basically, if the enemy team picks, like, oh, let's say a Philios, like, that's fine. When's she getting on a Philios? Why is it, like, Aphelios is going to have a Braum and a, or a Alistar or a Rel next in the entire time. Mm, she's got enough mobility to do it, but that's an example of one champion that has a low enough health pool that you could burst him. I just, I don't know. Like, like you just don't pick this into Silas. Silas is an anti-mage, though mm -hmm. not, not in the sense that he's anti-mage in that he... <laughs> He takes your power and uses it against you. And just giving him three dashes to use in his combo sounds like suicide. Oh, did you want to give... That would be six dashes in his kit. That's it. Just straight up. That sounds painful. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, I get... Okay, look. I, I would not want to have to take Ari Ultimate if I, if I can choose otherwise on Silas. But, like, as an Ari, his ult's always going to be better than mine. He he just has a better combo that just gets free damage. Like, I just... It doesn't seem like it's worth it to pick up Ari instead of a better bot lane here. I, I just... Just, why? I don't get it. I, I, I still really, really hate this Ari pick and Jensen liking it at all. Anytime that I see Ari picked in LCS, I'm just going to have a fucking conniption. It's just, it, d it never does well. It never does anything. Hopefully the next series, they pivot off of it. <laughs> Hopefully. Mm -hmm. Alright. Is, is game two the one? Yeah, game two is the one Team Liquid wins. So, hey, Ma, hey Ma, walk us through this champ select real quick. Oh, let me bring it up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, tell me about it. Alright. So, uh... Team Liquid, continuing mm -hmm. with the banning Lucian, absolutely disagree with this. Uh, they ban Tristana, Lucian, and Olaf. Uh, I like the Olaf ban, mm -hmm. because then they first pick Hecarim. Um, um, and C9 banned Renekton, so they don't have to worry about that. C9 also banned Gnar, which mm -hmm. makes me question why you would ban both of those champions. Like, banning one of them on red side would kind of make sense because then you can pick the, the other. Like, normally you'd want to ban Renekton and pick Gnar. Because I think TSM end up doing that the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They end up doing that. Everyone ends up doing that a lot. No, TSM just do it strictly. Oh my god, I, I can't believe that happens. I think it's more of a, an Alfari-specific one because uh, his Gnar can be crazy at times. You, you just don't want to deal with it. So just get Alfari well, off of it. Yeah, but why... Okay, I okay, fine. I guess Fudge is pro if I'm gonna say a top player in the LCS should pick an aggro champion against Nar to kill him, it's not gonna be Fudge. I'm not gonna suggest Fudge play the aggro. <laughs> Been doing better lately. 
I'll I'll say give him like a little bit of a chance, but it's like also you don't want him playing Renekton into like Alfari. I don't know. I just don't think it's like a good matchup. I think he just takes Gangplank and goes like, oh, I don't care how aggro you are. I'll just take it and turn it around later on in the game. Well, it, it ends up not mattering because what they yep. do is they kind of concede top lane and put Fudge on Scion. Which may or may not be their downfall, but uh, Alfari was is really really good at playing side lane. Uh, the GP got super fed and just sort of plowed through side lanes over and over and over again. So it just didn't really matter what Cloud Nine did. Uh, fed GP is just crazy. And then on top of that, they have a really long range. Uh, easy follow-up team comp with mm -hmm. uh the senna tom kench uh they have seraphine in general is just a pretty good pick some pretty good wave clear good pretty good pick uh and then they have a hecarim who can just kind of stand in between two two lanes and just run over to whichever one instantly as soon as something happens and yep. he doesn't even need to do anything so so much global on this team even as seraphine is kind of a mobile she is pretty good move speed so I, I actually really like this team comp. I feel like it has good macro pressure uh, against Cloud9's comp, which is really skirmish heavy. And when you have a lot of macro pressure across the map, you can dodge skirmishes and just sort of concede and trade objectives to get uh, a better objective overall. Because presumably with this pressure, you're, you have priority. Yeah, and there's so much setup that you have. It's a GP ult straight into a Hecarim Seraphine ultimate. It's really easy to pull off. I don't even think it's like uh like a press R comp. Uh I think this is more like uh it, it, like I feel like the R's are safety. Like mm -hmm. as soon as you find the enemy team trying to engage on you, you use your ultimates to uh stifle their engage. And you can bait out with Hecarim and Fish because he can ult out. Uh Seraphine has good follow-up for anyone getting caught. That's a quick escape. You got the mist, you got a Tom Kench. It's it's really safe. And a good GP can basically never get caught in a side lane. Especially mm -hmm. if you have your jungler and your supporter mid laner helping you ward out for uh rotations. Mm -hmm. Like like that that's the, the, the biggest thing is being able to spot out them rotating over to you on a split push. And also you have people who can almost instantly get over there. Yeah. Like you pointed out before. Now, what I what I want to know with this goddamn Cloud9 comp is why why the fuck are we matching junglers in red in red one two? Or I'm sorry, red one. Like why why are you matching junglers there instead of getting Rel Kaisa? It is such a massive risk to not go Rel Kaisa. And then they still go for Callista last pick. They last pick Callista over Kaisa. Why are, why the hell would you last pick Callista against a, a a a macro really strong team fight comp? Like it was insane. Now I I will I will say this game came down to basically one team fight at like 1730 uh <laughs> where Seraphine lands a four man ultimate and Senna chunks out three people and kills them. It yeah. Was, that that fight was insane. It's um 
Yeah, the only reason you take the Callista is uh, for your early pressure that you get. Early Drake stacking, just early laning phase, supposed to give you advantage, especially over, uh, well, TK, who's tanky. Senna is, like, so-so. Well, I, well, that's the thing, is because they'd have a pretty decent uh, team fight if they went with Kaisa, but instead, they have Callista, who, while she does have a good team fight, is about lane priority, and mm -hmm. you don't have lane priority with a Tom Kench uh, against you, because Tom Kench can just eat your target as soon as you're ready for the engage. So now you're forced to split your Ren stacks, and Tom Kench is also making space for their carry. Their carry is Senna. Mm -hmm. Senna is just making space for herself. So there's not really any reason... To not, to not, like, I don't know. I feel like Kaisa is so, so much better here. Because Kaisa's got percent HP damage. And mm -hmm. Tom Kench is a percent HP champion. Like, you can just pop him. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I, I seriously question C9's drafting here. And their strange priority to not take their bot lane uh, round one. I, I, th that's happening a lot right now. And I feel like it's a massive mistake. Especially when it's Rel Kaisa. Like, I, I just... I just Someone gets nerfed in the next patch. I think it's Rel in 11.6 because they're on 11.5, which I think changes a lot. Also, there's a, what's his name? Volibear, which changes a lot, which I'm a little, that alone is why I'm sad that we're not on 11.6 because I, I want to see Volibear jungle happen. <laughs> Volibear does uh, solo objectives like crazy because he does 750 damage with his E. That's too, that's too much damage. It's a lot of damage, and I'll, I'm here for it. <laughs> I think I think the level now is QE on Volibear. So, his, like, level 13, he has absolute control on neutrals, unless you have, like, a Cho'Gath. Or, or a Jinx. That's kind of ridiculous. Or a Jinx. Alright. Let's talk about uh, Game 3. Hey, Mod, do you want to take us through this one? No. Once again, tell you me what's going it, on. Though. But do it though. Why do I get, keep on getting these pop quizzes? Come on. I'm not in university anymore. All right. What happened game three? Tell me a little bit about the champ select. <laughs> All right. Well, Cloud9 went back to blue side because uh, mm -hmm. they lost. And apparently this patch is, uh, or at least this meta is blue side prio because it was happening in EU too, where everybody wants blue side for some, for, I have no idea why, but I guess counter picking last pick is awful. Um, Team mm -hmm. Liquid uh, kind of absolutely chucked this draft. <laughs> Seems to be a pattern. <laughs> um, So Team Liquid picked a super low range comp. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they match jungle pick uh, round one picks on red side uh, again. Um, I don't know why we do this, but we do it anyways. Uh, so stupid. They picked a super low range comp into Rise Jinx Thresh. Oh, how could that go wrong? I don't know, Matt. Have you ever have you ever tried to play a low range comp against Jinx and Thresh? No. Have you ever tried to play Jinx and Thresh against a low range comp? And have no. I been playing the Jinx? And has it gone well for the I'm enemy team? Than, I'm better than you at Jinx. 
Oh shit, I can but... right click like anybody else. No, I can right click faster. That has nothing to do with last hitting, but okay. I'm an elite gamer, dude. Mm, sounds very punishing. Also, sounds like you don't get in very much. I don't like you. You have no way to access this comp. On top of that, there's a fucking rise. So while you're trying to dive the fucking jinx through Hecarim, through Scion, through Thresh, the rise gets to pound you too. And it happened oh. so many times. Huh. Like the, Just... the, the only way you win is by mm -hmm. killing the two carries on repeat, and that wasn't gonna fucking happen this game. Mm-hmm. Just easy front to back team fighting. I think I, I was definitely happy seeing Fudge on Scion. Uh mm. he looks so, he's so much more useful on Scion than he was on Renekton. Like, <laughs> look, I'm not saying Alfari played the Urgot great, but the Renekton was, uh, I don't know. It's just, Renekton should not have been that far. He should have been further ahead is what I'm saying with how, with how big a lead C9 had game one. But, God damn it. What game? There we are. Um, it's just, it's such a bad comp. And Volibear top lane is mm -hmm. so bad. It is awful. It, ha it does nothing. It's really useless. You have to play Bruiser as a top laner. Otherwise, you're actually just a sitting duck. I think Tank Volibear is only viable in the jungle, patch 11.6 and on, uh, because of his objective control. Um, so, him top lane is just completely pointless. I've seen... The only, the only counterpoint I want to bring to that is that if you see, like... This is... If you see like Whippo locking a volley bear, you know he's gonna rock whoever he's against. But this is only like a specific Whippo case. Well, when I play volley bear top lane, I normally go for Dorn's Ring. Mm -hmm. uh, in, well, okay, it depends on the matchup in general. But I'll often go Dorn's Ring and I'll go for maybe Emacs. Because mm -hmm. then you're going for hyper wave clear. I do this against range champions all the time and they have no idea what the fuck's going on. Because yeah. I'm just clearing the wave from range, and then I'm dueling them on top of the E, and they're expecting the E to give me a shield, but they're not expecting the E to do 400 damage. So the E does 400 damage. I have probably Steel Caps, and, oh fuck, I haven't actually played a lot of Volibear on the new items. I have Steel Caps, and... Probably I'm, the first part of a Thornmail if you're into a ranged matchup. And at on, that point, depends on what's do, going on. I'd say at that point, you'd still do pretty well. Even like, just not sitting on those two items versus a ranged matchup. I just don't like Thornmail on Volibear. I'd rather get Dead Man's Plate. I'd probably be trying to rush either Dead Man's Plate or Stridebreaker because Stridebreaker is just broken. Like, imagine the gap close. I, I I put the E behind them. I Q at them. Stridebreaker on top of them. They flash, land in the E. I follow up with the Q. I think even if you're going, like, tank volley, even, like, just getting that first part of the Thornmail, I feel like that's just a major breakpoint if you're against a ranged matchup, and you can probably just kill him. Tank Volley just is just... It's so useless. Like, look at this comp. You're gonna have to go through so much to get on top of Jinx. You're basically saying, okay, me and Udyr are gonna dogpile on Jinx as hard as possible with Nautilus Assault on top. And you're gonna just hope it lands. But the odds that it lands are super low 
because it doesn't matter that three champions just basically sacrifice their time in a team fight to go for Jinx because the Rise just killed your AD carry and your mid laner with a uh, Scion and a Hecarim. Yeah, and also Thresh is, you know, there. He exists. He has oh, good Thresh kill. Thresh is so good. It, Thresh just needs to take care of one of them. And to be honest, I would choose the Udyr. Because the Udyr actually has more burst than a uh, full tank volley. That, or even if he's like playing like slightly back, if he's just on top of the Jinx, if he backs up a little bit, throws out a lantern, poof. Matt, when you play AD carry, who would you more, be more scared of running at you? Udyr or Volibear? In which patch? Uh... I don't think there's a change in which one running at you in either of the patches. Yeah, if Involibear can pound my asshole in one shot, it's him. But it's usually... Honestly, it's usually Volley, because Volley can just, like, fucking chase me down and slow me. And if Udyr doesn't have fucking stun, then I literally don't give a fuck what he does. <laughs> I don't Why? I, I, I'm actually, I'd be more scared of the Udyr, because the Volibear, it, it, he's just a sitting duck, and... His damage is based on percent total health, or uh, not per, uh, yeah, percent max health. Yeah, but he has perma CC. He's not perma CC. He's got one stun. He's got and one stun. He's got the ultimate. He's Udyr's got, got the one stun and a dot. And a tower dive. At level six, like a guaranteed dive. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would never try to stand around for that dive. <laughs> You're just going to die. I don't know. I feel like people overestimate how powerful the Udyr ult is, but at the same time, people just absolutely forget it it exists and turns off turrets. <laughs> that you just catch people sleeping so often with it. <laughs> I feel like, oh man, it's great in the mid game. It's great to just surprise people and just pop out of nowhere and just be like, hey, we can just keep on going. It, it seems super useless in pro play, to be honest. Because you would normally want to consider that, and you're just like, oh, we can't stand under this turret because Volibear can just flank us and turn it off. Mm -hmm. So you'd rather just back up to the next turret and concede it than lose four, four or three people trying to defend it and with through the Volibear ultimate. All right, well, that's that's a lot of volley talk we've been having, huh? Well, it's it's a big fucking fuck up in their fucking comp, man. <laughs> it's the biggest fuck up in this comp. Like the low range isn't even an issue. If, if they have a better top laner, because because you, you just need more engage. If you put fucking Orn in this comp, man, who cares how low your range is when you can just ult on top of Jinx on and then you just follow up with uh, what's his name, uh, Nautilus. Jinx doesn't get to fight for eight seconds, and you get Callista to just stack on their front line. You don't have to do anything. The Thresh is useless. Instead, they pick. Volibear, who Thresh can manhandle for, like, seven seconds. Mm. They don't get me started on the box, man. The fucking box. <laughs> Alright. So, then we move on to game four, where Team Liquid's back onto blue side. Uh, and... <laughs> Hang on, let me just look at this draft real quick. Uh... They, they definitely improved this draft because they got rid of the goddamn fucking Lucian pick. But then you get to see kind of why they were banning it because uh, Cloud9 are running Lucian Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is what they like, love running. They love doing this all the time. Uh, 
But to me, both of these comps look pretty even. Because it looks like Cloud9 kind of took a step back on the AD carry front in terms of last game. Uh, and the only problem I have with TL's comp is Tom Kench. Like, I just don't like Tom Kench here. I also don't like the Ezreal ban. The Ezreal ban seems just fucking stupid. Because uh, Kaisa's up. Like, why aren't we playing Kaisa here? That's like... I don't get it. What is it with the missing prior on Kaisa? she get nerfed or something? She did get nerfed, but people have been picking her through those nerfs constantly. The next huh. series, she's a she's another like weirdly contested pick. Like I I don't get it why her priority has fallen so hard. I guess I I, I somebody's gotta have found a counter that they're willing to whip out against it or something. Oh right, Nocturne. Wait, no, it's not Nocturne. Nocturne's for Tristana. Yeah, Nocturne's kind of the like oh if you're running that's a two carry comp. Yeah, yeah, that's a better one. Talk about it with. You have the Tom Kent. It's supposed to keep the Jinx safe. And it can, um, but like the the problem is, is that in the it, C9 get an advantage in both solo lanes, mm -hmm. and they that's an advantage with Scion versus Renekton. Like, how the fuck did that happen? How do you um, how do you not have advantages Renekton into Scion? Yep, you should be able to, especially with a new deer paired as your jungler, you should be able to take him down like a decent amount of times. Well, you're not supposed to kill him. You're supposed to to play through mid lane for like neutral objective pressure. Uh, so you kind of go camp Lucian a little bit, but Lucian got a lot of support. Uh, I think there was an early trade of kills mid lane this game. I don't remember. Mm. It's just. I remember uh, seeing C9 just layering a ton of CC at a time <laughs> during like the mid game. And then Blabber just immediately nail a spear afterwards. Yeah. Nidalee spear has been crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, my notes say that uh, TL just got outscaled. And if the game lasted 10 more minutes, they could have had a shot. Uh, mm -hmm. which, the, like, just looking at the comps, it makes a whole lot of sense. Jinx, Lucian, or sorry, Jinx, uh, Ash, Lucian, Nidalee, and Braum. That's a pretty good mid-game. That's a really strong mid-game. And then a Scion on top, just to be frontline. That's that's mm -hmm. just really decent. Alright. Yeah. Let's talk about our next series. PSM versus 100 Thieves. My favorite series of this weekend. Sometimes, maybe, just a little, Okay. <laughs> Sometimes let's maybe just, just let's just get through this. Okay. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, before we uh, actually fully finish the C9 clock, Perks has passed 100 deaths. He has had 104 deaths in the in NA so far. Uh, racking up those numbers, loving it. Let's get that to 404 so the man can disappear. That's gonna take like four or three more splits, man. I believe in you, Perks. Not if he doesn't. Not if he ramps it up. <laughs> Matt, would you like him to ramp it up? Because I'd love to see that happen. I'll, I, I'll take Devlin. I'll take twenty deaths in the TSM series, hundred percent. Yeah, twenty deaths, but we still catch the W though. So weird. That would be effing hilarious to watch to watch Perks die like 
10 times a game, but they still somehow fucking win. He just plays Yasuo every time and goes out to get the powers a, back. In a literal 4v5. Literal 4v5. Hey, 3v5. Don't you forget about Fudge. Mmm. You know, hang on. Okay. I saw, okay, okay. I gotta get back to the C9 series one more time. People were talking about how great Fudge looked this series and how he's really become a great carry player. And I'm sitting here no. like he played Scion uh -huh. three times this series. Uh -huh. You fucking uh -huh. idiots. Scion is the Omega carry though. <laughs> Guys, you can't watch this series and then be like, "Yeah, he's a great carry player." After he plays Scion for 75 percent of the games, dude, come on. Ion is peak carry. He is what you call PC. Alright, <laughs> uh, alright. On to the TSM Resident at Thieves. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> so I <laughs> Hey Mon, do you can you can you just spot what's wrong with the these next three champions I'm about to to name off? Lilia, uh <laughs> Jace Lucian. Ah, What's wrong with huh. that? Why would you, why would one team pick all three of those champions? It's because it's the early late game. It's the late early. It is the as we would call it eat. I I'm trying to combine these words in a better fashion. It's like the but, brunch of champions. It's like, oh, we couldn't settle for yeah, you're right. We couldn't settle for breakfast or lunch, so we decided to mash them together. That's what happened. It's the brunch of champion. Oh my! It, it. Yeah. <laughs> Forget except, the breakfast of champions. We got the brunch of champions. Oh except, definitely not as good as brunch. Oh my god! So they gave Ryoma fucking Lucian. Something fucking, he's famous for. Fucking Lucian! Oh ah. my god! This is what we do, guys. We drop Demonte to get Ryoma <laughs> to play fucking Lucian. Don't you know it's the famous champion that he's played the entire uh, LCS? You know, it's <laughs> that's it. It's what he's. It, but, people have just loved him on it. But then they, they gave fucking Poe Oriana. Yes. Like I don't <laughs> understand what they're doing here. I don't know why you ban out fucking Hecram and Udir, and then give over like the enemy team just ends up picking up fucking Italy. Like, oh my god, I'm so... you picked Lilia. Like, what the hell are we doing? You ban two prior junglers, and then mm. you pick a B-tier jungler. Like, I don't get it. Well, I, I, oh, hang on, I'm gonna go look this up. What the fuck is Lilia's, uh... Lilia's, uh, win rate been? Because it's gotta be awful. I've been watching this champion, and it's been awful. I cannot find this champion. There it is. There's two L's in this? Are you kidding me? Why are there two L's in Lilia? Uh, Pronunciation-wise, does make sense. Okay. So, on this patch, she has a 41% win rate. Um, and in playoffs, Proving Grounds, here we go, MSI, <laughs> oh, sorry, the MSS. She has a four. She has three wins and five losses. Uh, she has two of her wins are with Blabber, and one of them is with Svenskeren. 
Mm. Who did Sven play it against? Oh, he played it against TSM against Udyr. Yeah, the, honestly, Udyr is uh, the one of the matchups I think that Lily is good against. But, um, not if you lose to it three out of four times, Sven. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I. I guess I kind of see like a little line here where you pick like an early game uh, top laner, parry it with Lilia. It's kind of supposed to get you the same effect that Nidalee would, but it's just Jace isn't it. It just, it just doesn't feel like it. Unfortunately, they banned out the Renekton, uh, TSM did, or else you probably would have been able to pick that. And someday it's just crazy on Renekton. It would have definitely gotten them a much better early game, but. I don't know. There's not really another jungler to pair it with. I mean, another top laner to pair it with after that. Well, but. Jace is supposed to be a counter pick to Nar, but wait, run that. Explain that. How Jace counters Nar? Yeah, they're both ranged, so Nar has less harass on Jace, and Jace has better poke on Nar than Nar's and, used to. And also a better all in. Supposed to be played raw melee. Hey man, have you ever watched me play Jace? I've never seen anything because I'm not a narc. <laughs> Jace is not supposed to be raw melee. For anybody who's confused, uh, Jace is meant to be played basically. Why would half anyone and half. be confused by what I just said, dude? I'm trolling, dude. Uh, so yeah, you just land your full combo and you get an all in. You get him to blow the E on your Q, and it, it, it sometimes you can get a timing to interrupt it with your own E and get uh, dummy damage. You can even initiate with your Q. Get the Q damage off, and then just turn into your ranged form and just murder his ass. It's a pretty good counter pick, and in game one it kind of works. Uh, someday does end up with a lead, and then they take Harold and drop it down bot lane for Ash. Ooh. So. It kind of weird. You have kinda weird. You have a counter pick top lane. You win the mm. counter pick. And then you go donate some gold to Ash, and you don't. I like, I don't. I don't understand why they didn't posture to put it top lane. They do this three times, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, or like even to Lucian would have been a better choice because Lucian also has a really good mid lane for objective control. But like, like what are we doing here? Like why, why are we picking Lilia? Why are we picking Jace if we're and it, then we don't play to pressure topside properly? Like they were doing it pretty good at the beginning. They had really good pressure in topside, and then they end up fucking it up with this fucking Herald. And as soon as, <laughs> okay. So that a hundred these seem to normally have a better early game. They seem to be able to get better dragon control. But here's the problem, is TSM were letting them take all of that. They were letting them have all that control, and they were trying to trade for side pressure. And they traded that uh, those early drakes for the side pressure so that they could get Baron. They got first Baron four out of four games, I think. They got a, a pre-25-minute Baron four out of four games, basically uncontested. Okay, one of them, they stole the Baron. <laughs> yeah. But my point stands, they were very focused on playing for Baron, and I think that's the right move most of the time. Because the only time they lost was when a hundred thieves got the miracle combo of Udyr plus uh uh Cloud Soul. Now, for those of you who don't know, Cloud Soul procs on every single ability Udyr has. Like 
Like actually, he just gets a bajillion move speed. It's it's uh, kind of ridiculous. So he's literally Rumen. There's nothing to stop this. I don't know who Rumen is, but yes, he he is, is it actually Rumen. I think Rumen. Oh, Rumen. Room, like car Rumen. <laughs> yes, Vroom Vroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this one play on in River. He comes from like somebody on TSM is coming from Tribush, and they make it like halfway through River to get over the wall as Udyr comes from mid lane all the way down to bot lane brush and just slaps him in like five seconds. He he was so goddamn fast. I couldn't believe that that he was actually going to get catch this kill. I was losing my mind as soon as I saw they got this fucking soul. What game is did they win? Did they win game two? No, they won game three. No, game three. But that's the only way they could win. So TSM recognized that their strengths against 100 Thieves was their, uh, their heavily, heavily, heavily better team fighting. Like, they out-team fought them 80% of the fights. Like, there was no shot that 100 Thieves win a fight that TSM has any sort of setup for. If TSM know a fight's about to happen, TSM are going to win every time. And it, was, it wasn't even close. Like... You, you remember how many fights would just be like, like they pick off someone from TSM and they kill them, and they get an objective, and then TSM come right back after the objective and just wipe them. Like that happened several times this series. Ah, uh, it shouldn't, but it does. <sighs> I also feel like Baron is pretty much well. Game one's definitely the weakness. Game two also weakness. They used it to, to like, gouge out gold leads in the mid game, and it, it was a really good uh, late, early, early mid conversion for them. Because mm-hmm. what would end up happening a lot is between 10 and 20 minutes, the game stalled because mm-hmm. uh, there's only one dragon spawning in that time slot, and TSM are always contest it, but they don't fight for it. They're willing to contest for it, but they aren't willing to commit anyone's life for it substantially. Uh, I think a couple of times they actually did uh, absolutely chuck themselves for it. But, uh, like, like it, it was really, really even. It kind of looked like 100 Thieves had a, had a lead going into it, but then somehow 100 Thieves just dropped Baron. And it's like, how do you keep dropping this Baron? Uh, off rip, it's 1,500 gold. Including the tower pressure, it becomes like 3k gold. So from even, TSM garner a 3k gold lead. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fucking gold, man. Let me tell and, you. And also, just looking at the drafting standpoints from like game one and game two, who are you going to have to actually clear out all these minion waves? Like, 100 Thieves doesn't really have the... First of all, taking the Lucian means that you basically forfeited uh, your control mage, a lot of the wave clear that you'd normally get from them. So... As soon as Baron goes down, your turrets are just going to drop left and right. Their their wave clear is Lilia Ball, Jace Q, and Ash W. <laughs> and sometimes it, an Alistar. That sounds kind of bad, though. It is mm-hmm. kind of bad. You're right, Matt. That is a very, very bad amount of wave clear. There's That's nothing like Oriana or Seraphine or uh, Karma, even. Mm-hmm. Game two, same deal. Yeah. I guess there's Tristana, but it's still... So... You're really it, here's the problem is you're putting Ryoma on 80 carry mid laners. This is this is literally a salty run back and TSM just do the exact same thing. We have swapped out uh, Oriana for Syndra, 
But other than, and uh, Lucian for Tristana. Other than that, it's the exact same compositions on both sides. I don't know how you can be a hundred thieves and think we can do this again uh, after this game. But you you know what? They they decide to do it. They decide to try to do it again, but they change up two things. They get a mm-hmm. mage in the mid lane, and they get a Udir in the jungle, which is actually quite a lot of pressure. Like that that's so much more team fight and skirmish comp. And I think it's part of why they won this game. Because they they spec to meet TSM properly. Whereas the previous two games, they had specced to I have no idea what they fucking spec for. They spec to have Ryoma be the most useless champion in the game, uh, is what they spec for. They were like, We will get our early game leads. And they did. And then they lost them. Um <sighs> But game three, I do like that draft a lot better because you have the Udir who can just kind of run through people, not really die straight out with an Oriana ball on him. You know, that's a lot better. You can also set it up following that up with either leading with a Leona ult or following with a Leona ult or just Leona combo altogether. It's a much better pieces of a team fight comp. You still have the Jace to be like that early game pressure straight into the Nar, which is fine. But, you know, I like this comp a lot better. I seriously question this Tristana lock-in. Oh, sorry, this Tristana ban in game three. Uh, I don't know why you would ever ban Tristana on red side. Or, sorry, on blue side. Because you can just first pick it, and it's like... uh, It doesn't really matter that you lost with the last game. You proved you're willing to play a mid lane, which means it's a mild threat. Now, sure, the enemy might lock in Syndra, but then you just you do this. You bring it down one slot, and boom! Now it's your AD carry. And um, it's like the best AD carry in the game. Instead, you got Ezreal. Which worked. It was pretty good. But I still think Tristana is just a better champion overall. I agree. <laughs> I, I, uh, in my notes, I have TSM wins after they secure two Drakes. I don't think TSM secured two Drakes this game. All right. All right, all right. So, game four, final game. Uh, probably, honestly, I I really don't like this comp that much. <sighs> it's just... Wait, hang on. Oh, wait, was game three the fucking Fiesta? No, game four, or game uh, two is the fucking Fiesta. All right, so, so game four, we see the Nocturne against Tristana. I love this. I actually fucking love this pick. It is the most toxic shit you have to deal with as a Tristana. But I feel like everyone who plays Tristana is so bad because they don't position for the Nocturnal to come in and then them to make space on it. They just sort of eat it and then die. I don't know. Like, I, I saw it in the EU games, too. People are locking the shit in on, against Tristana, and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, okay, cool, she's gonna die. And then they stand there in the middle of fucking nowhere, eat two feet, and then the, the Nocturne just walks over, or Flash, like, it, or, or Stridebreakers, and it's just... Where were you gonna go? Stand next to a wall. Do something productive with this. Like, th- there's no reason to just do nothing. I, I, <sighs> well, the reason to do nothing is to lose the game faster. Yeah. Maybe. And, and then sometimes they build fucking Gale Force, and I'm just like, you're about to get dove by the, f- the goddamn shield bow. Like, come on. 
I, I don't like this. I absolutely hate this. That was, what was it, game two when they built fucking Gale Force on Ash? What lunatic is building Gale Force on Ash? Like, why are they obsessed with this goddamn item? I get it. More dash, be, move fast. Like, what the? Too fucking bad. You're dead. It doesn't matter. Oh. I like Zyra Khan getting some play, though. Zyra Khan like is a, it's a powerful bot lane. It still is. Zyza's a fun champion, too. Oh, there, there, okay. There are two instances this game where I, I watched a team fight and I'm just like, how the fuck does TSM win this? Uh, on what planet does TSM have any business winning this team fight? Like, and they, they did it twice, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> They're just better. They're just built different. Mm -hmm. Watch I love watching TSM team fight because it's just. I, I, like for the first three seconds, I'm like on the edge of my seat, and then two champions in the enemy team die, and I'm just like, oh, it's over. Okay. The knock. It's a two carry comp for 100 thieves. So if Nocturne gets one of them, you're all of a sudden lacking a ton of damage. If you get the Oriana, okay, they lose the team fight. If you get the Tristana, they lose all of their sustained damage. And most of, like, there's not anyone really to follow up on that Oriana ult anymore. Uh, Maybe the Olaf, but it's like, not really. Well, you, I think you ideally, like, you put it on set and you combo set ult on top, ball into set E, into set W. Mm -hmm. or, or you use scion um but it, it's just they have a lot of ways to get the oriana ball in mm -hmm. but here's the problem is if you go to try to put the oriana ball in and then nocturne just says ah the ball is no longer on oriana guess where i shall go to mm -hmm. oriana so now she pulls the ball back to her or she doesn't have the e or the w uh and she's just gonna die so the, yeah. the, this Nocturne put so much pressure on a hundred thieves in team fights. It was it was insane. And then what they were trying to get off a lot is Nocturne ult into Nocturne teleport into Nocturne ult again, like the the second cast. Mm -hmm. Um, which is is like I've thought of using it like that, but I've just never really thought it had the timing for it. Um, and to me, I feel like they really missed a lot of that. TSM really. Like, they should have just teleported Nocturne in and then turned off the lights. Mm -hmm. uh, though, I guess uh, the only reason you would... The only reason why you would uh, do that... Like, you're trying to stop Sion from joining, is what I'm saying. Yes. So you do this to buy yourself, like, four seconds to get there mm -hmm. before Sion and dive on somebody. But I just feel like it didn't matter. Sion was going to be w way late. So they fucked it up and weren't punished. Yeah. Uh, let me see what my final notes say. Also, DSM has a very hard comp to pick. Like, just Zaya Rakan is a hard bot lane to pin down in team fights in general. So even if you do pick, like, a run at them comp, like, just Zaya Rakan can survive so much by themselves. Um. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have the, that time where you're like, oh, they're running at us. Hey, Rakan, why don't you just go kill yourself by dashing through them with your ultimate real quick? And then maybe you might even get out, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Azir's not too shabby at it, either. Yeah, Azir's got the wall. Though, was this Azir's the game 
where everybody yeah th this is the game where there's one fight and everybody chucks like their big skill shots at each other and they completely miss like azir goes to flash ult two people into his team they both flash sideways uh he misses that uh oriana misses ult on a like four people or or, or i don't remember it was so bad he missed and it was oh my god and then uh, rakan misses a knockup on tristana but I don't blame him for that because Tristana, like, posture specifically to avoid it. Like, Tristana tried to outplay it. So I don't really blame people for when the other person makes the decision to dodge the thing. Like, uh, people... Okay, people were giving FBI shit for his ash arrows and how m many of them he chucked into uh, Alistar. That's the point. He eats them. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> There's, yeah, it's never a fun time throwing that into an all-star. Just in most CC's abilities. All right. All right, all right, all right. We got a, a small interim topic before we talk about our predictions for next week. Uh, this is a bit of a conversation that started up because uh, the LCS aren't, like, heavily advertising the Proving Grounds tournament that's been happening the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Or we we can now, o over the these two weeks that we're currently in the middle of, um... It, should the LCS Academy slash Development Leagues focus on viewership? Because this is also spurred on by a, a comment on Hotline League where somebody said that they need to get more viewers to uh, Academy if they want it to be successful. Uh, and mo most people, uh, a lot of the people who like are into watching League of Legends seem to be on the, yeah, we need more people to watch this. Uh, but a lot of the people who are like into analyzing league of legends as in the gameplay and say that the viewers don't matter for a development league so where how do we how, how do we feel about this whole situation what what should be the focus of uh the academy and development league should they should they really care about their viewership numbers or should they be uh focusing on creating a better system uh overall or can we do both somehow um this is going to be on a complete tangential topic. This is going to be piggybacking off of like GBA99's argument that he made before, kind of for League of Legends. But like the reason that I got kind of hyped for LCS Academy was that the fact that in the playoffs there were like so many storylines that were going on. Like there was like Team Liquid Academy, you're like, oh, one of the like basically a B tier LCS team got upset by an Academy team, and I was all for that. Like, that was the thing that made me feel like, okay, this is something that I could get on board with. If you want upsets, right. go watch Proving Grounds. <laughs> go watch Proving Grounds, it's so, yeah. it's, so, it's so fucking crazy who's losing to who, and everybody's just like, oh, they've got veterans here. I'm just like, you idiot. Hmm. Tuesday's been in the LCS for, like, years. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so much better when a no-name team beats an org. It's, it's, it's hilarious, so yeah. It's so much better. Then people get interested in the orgs and then they're like, oh, wait a minute. I remember this player from back in the day. Or like, oh, wait a minute. I've never seen this player before, but he played crazy. I feel like it's it's something that they can really work on. Like, So I think you should kind of focus on advertising a bit more and it'll kind of write itself. I would love to see more of this. Uh, Matt, how you feeling about a Academy? You don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I truly don't care. I feel like... I feel like Proving Grounds probably doesn't need to be viewed more. I feel like um, 
the people who watch it are gonna watch it, and that, like, no matter what you do, like, you can maybe get a few more people, but, like, realistically, like, I think if you look at other sports, and obviously there aren't, like, because this isn't even, like, the draft, right? This is like watching the NFL Combine, bro. Like, I don't give it's, a shit. It's more like watching uh, the College MLB or, or the, 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 the minor leagues. It's like watching MLB minor the leagues. I mean, but not, I honestly don't even think it is. Like, I feel like it. I feel like it's <laughs> okay. It's between... not developed to that point, but that's what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be, but it's not. And like right now, it literally just feels like I'm watching people run forty yard dashes to try to make a team. And like, <laughs> I don't care, bro. Oh, like, well, you can tell me the stat when you make a team, but like, no, but that's what I mean. Like, I literally don't think at this point it is something people like. What I'm trying to say is that I don't think most people would be interested in watching the combine only a very small section of nfl fans right and mm-hmm. right now given what the proving grounds is not what it wants to be or was created to be but given what it is i think it's very unreasonable to expect more people to watch it or even to try to get more people to watch it unless you make like substantial changes to it because like right now i literally don't care like there's no reason for me to be like invested in it at all like there's no reason for me to be invested uh, i'll know the players if they go pro right and that's or when I'll they learn came them. from pro <laughs> yeah but then i'll see them when they're back or i won't right but like there's nothing there's no like there doesn't like when i watch the lcs there's a reason to watch it there's set teams with like rivalries with new players with like you know storylines or whatever the fuck like what the fuck is there in proving grounds dude like there's nothing and like i don't think there needs to be anything because it's not the kind of thing that everybody should like watch it's just the kind of thing that people will watch if they are scouting for league teams right like that's all it is man like that's it uh, I, I kind of agree. I don't think they should be focused on, like, pumping up the viewership numbers. It's nice if you uh, at least address its existence and say, hey, this is, here's the schedule of League of Legends esports for the next week, or at least the North American esports for the next week. Yeah, on the put LCS it on the broadcast. calendar. I don't give a fuck about that, but. Uh, it, like, uh, they did it at the end of the LCS broadcast. I don't remember if they have or haven't been doing it at the end of all the other broadcasts. I Like, I don't. <sighs> I just kept the broadcast on this week because I was just mindlessly doing something else while uh, the post game was playing. Uh, so I caught it. Uh, I, I think they have been mentioning it at the end of the broadcast, but nobody's fucking watching the end of the broadcast. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't matter. But I, like, ask some people were asking for like them to spend time on the like the pre-show, specifically talking about uh, the Academy League or uh, like integrating academy into the lcs more um two things one uh god no do not start talking about academy on the fucking pre-show for the love of god uh why would you ever suggest that that's such a waste of time you want to know the one time i think it's okay Uh, is if a main roster player gets put to academy for some reason like an import slot changes up or something like that maybe if that happens talk about the academy in relation to the uh, change yeah but this would feel to me like I was watching the NBA championship, not or like the playoff tournament, and then all of a sudden they started talking about the G League while like a game was about to start. And I'm and like, I don't fucking care, bro. Yeah. Like, that's literally not why I'm here. Like, if they had some, like, 
if it was being integrated differently, like uh, if the countdown had the first half hour was for Proven Grounds, and for some reason Proven Grounds is running at the same time as LCS, which is like the dumbest decision to ever make, yeah. uh, <laughs> then you could do that. But in general, uh, I wouldn't ever bother to do it like that. Uh, I, I would look, I, I'm fine with there being like splash screens on the, the commercial timer thing. I'm fine with them, uh, giving a little aside. So like, Hey, uh, don't forget to watch this this week. Uh, but like actually yeah, dude, plug your own show, but yeah, like <laughs> actively integrating Academy coverage into LCS coverage in that way. When, the, when it's like not a, a show dedicated to covering the entirety of NA or like that whole progression and what's happening there. Uh, like, it just seems like a lot of wasted time. People already don't like watching the countdown, uh, and they find a lot of the, the parts to be boring. They, they And they come up with the dumbest shit to criticize it with because it, it's hilarious. Like, you need ex-pros and coaches. They have ex-pros and coaches. I don't... I can't help you. <laughs> Al Herb's a frequent returning there. He's, he's a and current pro. Like he's that. playing in Proven Crowns. Also, yes, I love Alarm. But I do. What what I think Academy really needs to focus on is like making its system better. Like, look, nobody wants to watch a broken machine or a broken car play na race in NASCAR. Nobody gives a fuck. If you're if you're trying to fix your car, who cares? You're not the, you're not in the lead. You're not running these laps and lapping people. Like, no, who gives a fuck? They want to watch the, the what's actually working right now. And to me, Academy is absolutely fucked, and I just don't care until the system actually works. And, that, like, honestly, that's the biggest reason why I don't watch Academy, is because I know it's just, like, these players are kind of screwed here. They're, they're, the amount of players that are going to get put up into LCS is so low. It's not like I'm, I can sit here and start thinking about, okay, okay, these five guys, uh, you could put them together and probably make a pretty good team for the LCS right now, and that might happen next split. That might happen. That's just never happening here. That's never going to fucking happen. Oh, now, that's also a symptom of there only being 10 goddamn teams in the LCS, and I will always advocate for putting more teams in the LCS. Yeah. Fucking eighty percent of the league makes playoffs. Oh. I but, think wider competition would help a lot. Yeah, like it, it opens up more slots in general. Mm. So yeah, uh, I think our general consensus is that uh, focusing on viewership is not what a development league should really do. It should focus on uh, development primarily, but uh, cross pollination through the streams isn't a bad thing. But uh, focused. Uh, like, like co focus collaborations at in inappropriate times would probably not be great. You know what? I probably wouldn't care if they put it in the post show. Like, like especially if it's like this is happening tomorrow, uh, and we're a League of Legends show, so let's talk about it. Like, I don't think I'd mind if it was in a post show. I feel like if they were to put it, like you know, the dive, right? That's the League of Legends podcast. Uh, they put it in like a bit at the end there. I okay. The reason why I don't think it would be good at the dive is because I know for a goddamn fact that most of them don't really watch the academy games. Oh yeah, that is a fair point. A separate podcast. <laughs> like, like, look, if you like want to go on Hotline League and try to spit some shit about, uh, I don't, I don't fucking know, with TSM Academy losing to a random ass. Uh, group of a group of uh solo queue players that they just lost to go ahead because like jesus fucking christ how can you not carry those morons Ugh. 
And Cody's son, like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we got, we got the finals coming up this weekend. Uh, I got our I got our picks on screen now. Um, Matt and Haymont got no faith, no faith in the boys. Uh, I I I I gotta say I am very very disappointed in your lack of faith. Uh, but but Haymont seems to think that Cloud Nine are going to three zero Team Liquid now. Now Haymont, walk me through your weekend. Start with Team Liquid and tell me how this weekend's gonna go and why. Um, so first of all, we'll start from the draft has been a major point across the entire series. We do need them to clean up their draft, how they do their picks, the actual champions that they're picking. Um, you know, if you ban out uh, two priority junglers, okay, take another priority jungler. Uh, if you ban out like three uh, 80 carries take a priority 80 carry afterwards like just you know do that on blue side um don't pick ari you know <laughs> don't pick that's ari. an easy that's an easy throwback or if i don't know you just need to work better on your actual drafting there if you can get just get a solid draft a team comp that's cohesive that there's a clear game plan for i feel like this team would be able to execute very well with it uh if you gave tactical sivir i feel like the sivir picks nice like you can mix that into it just let's get a cohesive draft first like sivir hecarim wait wait wait, hang on who do you want to pick sivir you want tl to pick sivir i'm fine with tactical on sivir just pick it into like a comp that it makes sense into like sivir hecarim Probably someone who wants to get onto the back line somehow. Maybe a NAR. I feel like that would be fine. All right. Just, you know, just like, don't pick bits and pieces. Just pick an entire draft. That's kind of cohesive. And you, you should. Did you uh, address their match against Cloud9? I kind of spaced out looking for something there. <laughs> it was more so their drafting phase that I addressed. All right, but 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 you think they're gonna get three would by C nine? Do you think um, there's just no way that they can beat C nine at all? Like they they're not even gonna take a game off, according to you. What I think is that C nine have the better cohesiveness just between all of their teammates. Um, they have a better idea of how to execute on the drafts that they're given. Um. I'm not necessarily sure if that's the coaching staff that's doing their job or if it's the players doing their jobs or if they're both of them uh, working together, coming up with a game plan. But it seems like C9 can come up with a clear game plan and know what they're supposed to do at different points in the game and keep on doing what they're supposed to do at different points during the game. Um, And I don't think TL can necessarily do that. I think that they're getting too a bit too confused by their drafting. They're not necessarily sure how their comp's supposed to act. They, even if you do match them, even if they do come up with that cohesive comp, um, I think C9 understands how they play better. Yeah. How they themselves individually play better. All right. Uh, Matt, walk me through your weekend with TL going 3-2 against TSM, and then 
C9 winning. I think TL's a little bit of a better team than TSM uh, overall. Um, But I think it's very close, obviously. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if TSM won. I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, But either way, I think C9 edges out both those teams uh, in a a bow five. Easy game. Okay. Now... I mean, I don't have much to say, right? Like, he wants it a bunch, but, like, which is fair. But, like, I think that TL is just... I think they just have a slightly stronger team in terms of players. So I'm 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 really feeling it. I think TSM are in the middle of a pretty big ramp up. Looking at uh, okay, look, this isn't the, this isn't the cleanest weekend out of TSM, but I think they kind of found an identity of being this team fighting, uh, late game objective, late game, uh, I don't know, just late game macro controlling uh, team composition, and I don't think either of these two teams play split push especially well i think c9 is the most likely candidate to do that uh and that's kind of why i gave him the two games because i think uh it could take like tsm's got to identify uh what c9 has that will counter their team fighting uh style and just and and learn to take that out if they can't learn to take that out i don't think they're going to win this series but i think they will uh, I've been liking Bjergsen's drafting growth. He, he's he, like looking at where he started in, in uh, what what the hell was that starting tournament called? Whatever that thing was called. Uh, wh- when he started there, I was just like, what the lock-in. hell is go- locking the locking tournament? I, like he was just like, what the hell is he doing? And now I, I, I'm really liking how he's playing it. I think he understands what his uh, players are good at. Uh, I don't think TSM get NAR anymore uh, ever again. Uh, so we we well, TL probably doesn't either, right? Like Alfari yeah. also. Yeah, has I'm like pretty 100% sure. Win rate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nars 100% banned in this series, in both mm-hmm. these series. Uh, I'm actually I don't know because I have zero faith in Fudge being able to play anything besides a tank. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. I, I I feel like TSM, like like everybody memes on that one player on those teams. Like you got Fudge on C9, you got uh. Tactical on TL, you got Ryoma on uh, 100 Thieves, and sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes everyone else. <laughs> but TSM doesn't have that player. TSM have a lot more cohesion and a lot more consistency in their roster. Like I, I, I guess you, what? But you're gonna blatantly say that with Huni in the top lane. <laughs> have you been watching Huni this split? Huni's been a rock. That man's been doing great shit. Hootie's also picked AP Gragas. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that wasn't his fault. Uh, I, I blame Bjergsen. Tell me about your TSM nine though. My what? TSM versus C9. You're not interested in the 3-0? No, I don't give a shit. This is some shit you always do. Alright, alright. Uh, I, I, I mean, like, go on a little bit, but... Alright, so t- I think TSM just match up uh, uh, really, really well into TL, and I feel like TL just probably had a pretty big mental boom after that last series. It looked like they really just couldn't do anything. I'm expecting Tactical to play down. I'm expecting Jensen to play down. Uh, Santorin is probably the most steady player on their roster. And Alfari, I haven't seen enough of him to make a judgment, but I definitely think Huni can keep up with Alfari pretty easily. Alfari himself has said he thinks Huni is the second best top laner in the league, so you know. 
Also, Core JJ hasn't been standing out to me in the playoffs that much. Uh, I, I also I we we have seen these guys go up against each other, and uh, the last time TSM played the people who knocked them out, they uh, viciously assaulted them. <laughs> it was a, a grand old fucking time. <laughs> I didn't need any Pepto whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I I think TSM just have a good matchup and a good identity at the moment. And I don't, barring anything drastic, I don't think that's going to change. Now, going into C9, uh, like I said, I think they're the ones who can counter TSM's current identity. And I still feel like TSM can exploit the top side of the map enough and go even or even better uh, on the other two lanes. I'm expecting Perks to continue to, like, look, even in this series, I haven't felt like Perks was the all-star player. I felt like uh, what they were really playing through was just more general team sense, and nobody was able to punish Fudge like like they have been. Uh, but I, I think if they if, if C9 walk in putting Fudge on tanks instantly, I'm going to be a little more scared. Uh, but if they walk in trying to play some stuff for Fudge, uh, I'm going to be a lot more happy because uh, that's exactly how I want to take this team down is by them over-indexing into giving Fudge resources and then losing because they tried to give Fudge resources. Um, I think I think C9 is probably going to win just because of how good their game sense is. I think that... Um, all right, TSM, all right, they've beaten all their teams uh, that they face back-to-back, right? I think C9's the one team where you can't really pin a style to them. That's the one mm, problem, where yeah. they can play multiple styles and it will work out great because they think they understand how they're going to play out the game. And I think that's... If you're putting a TSM against 100 Thieves, 100 Thieves have a clear way that they want to play the game. If you put TSM against TL, TL doesn't really know how they want to play the game. I think C9 is different. All right. Uh, I think that'll do it for... Uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, one small thing. I did go watch that uh, Papa Smithy video, and he, uh, where he talked about the Monte and Ryoma. He skirts that question so goddamn hard. He basically, he basically said, he, dude? of course he's going to skirt. He basically said that, uh, they don't want to, they've made the decision. Uh, it did actually start out as a trial and, uh, they, even if this, the, even if they're not winning now, they don't want to make the change because they think it will, because he thinks it would be more, too drastic to the, the team dynamic. But, um, uh, let's see how he feels about that after the elimination. <laughs> it? I think he also said he didn't want to say whether it was like, okay, this player's doing too well or this player's doing badly here, so we wanted to try out this one. Um, I think he tried to, say, to avoid saying too much about DeMonte and Rayoma. Yeah, individually. That was the point that he made. And I, I can understand why he'd want to do that, but at the same time, I would have been so much more satisfied by him being like, no, we just think uh, Rayoma is better uh, because of our scrim results, and I would have been like, Alright, fair enough, but I still think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, it would have given us a much more like clear cut answer and definitely something Reddit could have been like, alright, yeah. It's this like is yeah, why. That, yeah, that that's his response and that's uh that's what we're going with, I guess. 
and then they probably would have taken it and been like, but how do you, what do you mean DeMonte's just better? These grim results don't matter on the stage. I can already figure yeah, out but, something that Red is kind well, of going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that happens every single time that a, a person has ever been uh, swapped and the team has said that they're better. Like, I don't feel... I don't feel like it's a it's new uh, ground here that we have to be going over because he just pl- yeah. tried to be diplomatic about it. And I'm, I'm just I'm not receptive to someone being diplomatic about something. Tell me why you made this decision explicitly. Was it oh, Ryoma has a better champion pool? Was it he actually just plays better? Like I want an explicit reason instead of like right, we're just going by our scrim results. Yeah. All right, Matt, I am out of topics. Would you like to take us home? Yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week on Lender Leland's podcast. You can catch us uh, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash nizzy 2 k 11 You can catch the VODs on the YouTube channel, Legendary Podcast. You can catch the uh, audio podcast version anywhere you get your podcasts. And have a nice day.